Oh yeah. It's so much louder with both ears. It... <laughs> hey, 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 it's magic. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not a singer. No. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, well, we're welcome back. We're excited yeah. you're here. It is podcast day. It is. It is. Uh, last week we talked about some things the Bible doesn't say, and we kind of want to keep that conversation going. And it it may get into some friendship talk and some things we're supposed to do. But like always, we're going to start here in the book. Yes, we are. Um, before we do that, how's your weekend? How was my weekend? Yeah, how's your weekend? Um. Get a little personal before we what did I jump do? into serious. Yeah. Oh, my grandkids spent the weekend, four of Yikes. them. Yikes. Yeah. Pretty we crazy. had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, they're, you know. Good, good. good Mother's Day for Noni. Good, good Mother's Day for Noni. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we cooked, Chris and I cooked steaks. Mm. And yeah, we had a good, we had a good weekend. I mean, I didn't get anything accomplished that. Was on yeah. my list no, at yeah. home, That's, you know. Like my list is all the many super things that I have to do yeah. at home that I neglect because I'm here. Mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah, I do. <laughs> How about your weekend? It was good. We uh, we took our kids to the zoo. We went to Binder Park Zoo, um, and just walked around and saw the boys. You have to walk so far at Binder Park Zoo. Yeah, we took the tram. To and the I Africa don't side, like but, walking. You know yeah. that. I, That's what we did. Heather liked it. I thought it was funny last night in Bible study, you know, we were talking about where to have a cookout and mm-hmm. one of our guys who was, you know, which I, it's a great idea, but I'm, you know, let's have it out in the woods and stuff. That sounds fun, but I don't like to hike or walk, <laughs> <laughs> to be completely honest. Well, but let's get into... We're all different, you know? Yeah. Anyway. I like walking, but... Let's get into. I realized I coming home though. I was like, Heather, why am I so tired? I should be able to handle walking like a mile and a half at the zoo. And she's like, You're older now. And I'm like, Thank you, thank you, Heather. Like exhausted. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> she's gonna, getting you back from the she, podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're gonna we're gonna keep going with some things the Bible doesn't say. And this one is weird because it is it's something the Bible actually does say. And actually, I, I looked it up today, and it's probably the most quoted verse from the Bible, aside from like Philippians four thirteen. It is Matthew Matthew seven is where we're going to be. So the Bible does say it, but we take it out of context, out of context, and make it our own. So that's Matthew seven is where we're going to be. And mm. the statement we're uh, we're talking about, I'm sure you've all heard it. I'm sure you've all said it. Is do not judge. Yeah, don't judge me. Only God can, can judge, judge me. me. <laughs> like, it's a good tattoo. I yeah, mean, it's great that's what I hear. Bumper sticker, tattoo, coffee mug. But let's read... Uh, I don't have one of those tattoos. Yeah. I, I should clarify that. <laughs> tattoos are like kind of bumper stickers lie. on a Ferrari. Yeah. Which is why I have a tattoo, because <laughs> I am not a Ferrari. <laughs> or a dump truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we need oh, to get in the book, God. don't we? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Our producer. Oh. We've been giving him the beans all morning, yeah, and now he's have. like, you guys got to get on task. All right, so Matthew 7. I got the ESV. Um, I kind of like NIV better for this because it, it actually says, do not judge. But ESV says, judge not that you uh, you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye? But do not notice the log that is in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. 
First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy. Do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Don't judge. Jesus says it right there. Do not judge. Podcast yeah. over. The Bible says it. Yeah, the Bible says it, so don't do it. <laughs> don't judge. So what mm. What kind of judgment is he talking about here? What do you think? So... Um, one of the ways that, like, it depends how you look at the Bible, how you interpret what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the general rules of interpretation are there's always one meaning, one intended meaning, but there's many applications. And so we have to define what's the intended meaning that Jesus was speaking of. We know this is part of the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. which is the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are was were the... It was his Jesus sermon on the moral code of the kingdom. Yep. So we have to put that in context. Who was he talking to? Um, a lot of Jewish people, a lot of Pharisees, a lot of Sadducees, like the people were there. So once you know, okay, why did he say this and who was he talking to? It kind of paints a picture and helps us understand why he's saying, don't judge. Well, in Israel, Jews, and especially religious leaders, they got really, really familiar with judging people for not behaving the way they think they should behave to meet mm-hmm. a certain moral code or standard. And so Jesus comes on the scene and does this talk, you know, on the Sermon on the Mount, and he says to those listening, um, which wasn't to hold on to your thought, but yeah. like the Sermon on the Mount, wasn't it really just him teaching his disciples and a crowd kind of gathered? Yes. So and that's, really, that happened a lot. Yeah. Actually. So really, he's just pouring into his disciples, talking to them directly. Yes. And this crowd of this, other people yes. surrounded, and they people started to gather and listen, and the people that started to gather and listen were religious leaders, other mm-hmm. Jews, other followers, or those who were inspecting Jesus. You know, what's this guy doing? You know? Yeah. And so that was a big part of it, and so they got you know, it, it was common that they would. Um, they got used to judging others based on how they thought they should behave or act. And so he was making these statements, don't judge unless you be judged, okay? And and if you read it further and do some more digging, you'll find out that Jesus wasn't actually saying don't judge at all mm-hmm. because he explains how to judge right after that. If you look at 2, 3, and 4, he'll say, if you're going to judge, then Judge this way. Like if you, um, verse 5, you hypocrite, first take log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So there's a, there's a prerequisite, okay? Mm-hmm. People that judge, he's, he's linking people that judge in this context could be hypocritical. But he's, he's not saying don't necessarily judge things. And there's another word as we continue talking that I think will help us mm-hmm. that I have in mind that I, th- I think would help us understand, okay, then how do we do that? But I will say this verse is mainly used many times for people who um, are watching the church or watching you as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And they give that as a reason that they don't want to spend any time or invest any time in the church. They're not interested. Why? Because we're judgy. We're just going to judge and be hypocritical. Yeah, you're just hypocritical and judgy. And yeah. my my philosophy of that is, hey, 
welcome to our church that we have a room full of them. We're all, we all can be hypocritical at times. Yep. We all can be judgy at times. We all have been judged at times. And I don't, I don't know that that's the heart of the intent, but we get, we get sucked into this thing and of evaluating people. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we're characterized by, Oh, Christians, that's all they do is judge you. I don't want to be a part of them. Now, there's a balance in that because we do have to um, we do have to decide, you know, when not necessarily just people, but like if we look at why he was talking, he was talking about the moral code, how you should behave, how believers should behave. Read read through the Beatitudes, it'll tell you. Blessed mm-hmm. are those who and so like if you are hanging out with somebody and they're not lining up with your moral code, you naturally will judge their behavior mm-hmm. based on your moral code. It and and the reality is what we have to do when we do that is remember, you know, that we're no different than they are. And so that kind of closes the gap between us, you know? Yeah. A little bit. Well, and I think there's uh, maybe it's our sin nature, but I think there's something appetizing, like justice in our mind. People need to get what they deserve. Like there's a there's a popular country song right now. Uh, you may have heard it by uh, Hardy. Have you, get weight in the truck. Uh, no. Okay. So the whole song. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know what you listen to, but the whole song. Uh, you know what? Do you do you know what I want? Do you want to know what I listen to? I know you listen to. What mostly? What mostly? I, yeah, probably mm, classic rock. No, I like classic rock, but no, I listen to classical music. I listen to Mozart. Yeah, yeah. I listen to classical. I music. do. Ask my wife. It's no joke. All right. People well, are like you know, you don't. I'm like I do. That's like actually what I listen to. Anyways, I think there's. They're this- like, yeah, but you're such a. You know. <laughs> anyway, go sorry. Yeah, right. Classical. Where's sorry. my monocle? Yeah. Uh, the, but you, you know what? You're judgy. You're I am baby. being judgy. You're judgy. You're judging I am. I'm me sorry. Right now. I apologize. It's okay. I knew it was going to happen at least once on the podcast <laughs> today. Hey, I've already been judged a ton before we even started. <laughs> yes, so. you have. And we forewarned you that we were going to judge yeah. you. So yeah. anyway, back back to this this idea. Like we have this idea that people need to get what they deserve. Justice. Yeah. There's this country song right now. It's called "Wait in the Truck." And the whole idea is like he finds this girl who's being abused by uh, a boyfriend or whatever. Mm. And there's a line. I actually heard a ser- uh, pastor preach on this line too, but there's a line on there that uh, she says, I didn't know my day of justice would come from a judge under the seat. So the guy goes and like kills it. And it's a whole song. Yeah. It's a very catchy song. It's really dark and weird. And you're kind of like, this is weird, but it's catchy and I kind of like it. But there's a, there's this insatiable <laughs> desire for justice. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. But so there's this insatiable desire for justice where yes. we want to be the judge, jury, and executioner, and we want to see people get what they deserve. Why do you think that is? I like I said, I kind of think it's sin nature, um, and I just think there's. I think it feels good, quote unquote. Like to I see think, someone else. I I think it in our minds. There's something rewarding when we think somebody gets what they deserve. And so the question is. Do really do we really want 
what we deserve. Mm-hmm. Like that, when you start asking yourself that question, it closes the gap. Exactly. And I, I think a lot of times people get sucked into that and can judge uh, and actually actively like to is because many times if you're focusing on somebody else's moral wrongs, that means your moral wrongs aren't being highlighted. Mm-hmm. Therefore, let's focus on them. So the fo- the light's not turned so on me. And that's what, what yeah. this text is kind of referring to. It's not necessarily, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not necessarily saying don't ever judge or don't ever mm-hmm. um, weigh things out. But remember, there is a way to do that mm-hmm. and be careful because the gap between who you're judging and yourself is very thin. Yeah. The saying goes, people who live in glass houses don't throw stones, yeah. right? And it's kind of the same the same thing. But, I mean, you know, Christians, uh, believers um, in Jesus, they, they get that label, you're judgmental, you're hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Why would I want to go to... Why would I want to go to a place, church, where all those people are? And my question, and I heard, I saw this on an Instagram reel. That's like saying, I'm not going to go to the gym because there's fat people there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why we're all there because, you know, I, not that I go to the gym. I don't want to give any connotation that <laughs> I go to the gym. You don't even like walking. I don't even like walking, so... And and it's something I need to work on. But you know, it's it's like it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Like it's somehow the church's fault or Jesus's fault that believers are judgmental or can be judgmental. Mm-hmm. And in reality, it's part of human nature, mm-hmm. and it's part of the sin nature for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, whether it's taking the highlight off yourself, or whether it's we take pleasure in seeing others endure. Penalty. Yeah. You know, I, uh, there's a quote from, you ever heard of relevant magazine? Yeah. Kind of like the Christian. So I, I found an article on kind of why Christians are judgy. And, uh, uh, the quote says, maybe we cannot stop judging and punishing others because something about it feeds us and our appetite is insatiable. When we stand as judge, jury, and executioner over and over, it gives us the feeling of being superior and righteous. And let's be honest, the alternative does not give the same feeling. Which the alternative is to seek, reconcile, restore, and renew. That doesn't feed us as much. So when we seek out to like build people up and restore and encourage, it's not as satisfying as you got what you deserve. Well, somehow we think it's our responsibility to judge in a negative way. Yeah. And we have to remember there's also a verse that says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And vengeance is a uh, is a um, aftermath of being judged. Mm-hmm. That's a that's Hebrew. You're right? being yeah. You're being weighed out, and so vengeance is being extended yeah. to you because you've been judged by the righteous judge. And that's not my job, and it's not it's not your job. Yeah, a- any of our jobs to um, well, and even in Matthew, when uh, if I can find it again, when he's talking about uh, right in that Matthew seven, judge not that you may be not judged. And so you're you're going to be held accountable to the same type of judgment you give others. So if I'm judging you for what you're doing, God's going to come up to me and judge me the same amount or more that I'm judging somebody else. I don't on. know if we want that. I don't want that. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, that could get messy real quick. Like, so the question is, does that mean as Christians we shouldn't judge? No. But it says judge not. So what's the difference between the two? So I think there is definitely biblical judgment that we are supposed to do. And I think Paul writes about it often um, and also in the Old Testament. So like Paul in Corinthians, I had marked... Chapter 12, maybe? uh, I was going five. Um, You can go five, but it's in 12. 12 Uh, Chapter five, the end of five, he's talking about sexual immorality within the church. And uh, so verse 9, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral, immoral people, not at all meaning the sexual immoral of this world or the greedy or swindlers, adulterers, since then you would not need to go out of the world. But now I am writing you to not associate with anyone who bears the name brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an adulterer, reviled, drunkard, or swindler. So doesn't that take judging to figure that out? Yes, or to make that choice. So he he's essentially saying, I'm not telling you to judge people who aren't Christians because they're going to act like not Christians. They're doing exactly what they're supposed, what they're supposed to, do. to do. But the brother, your church, you need to be, and we just did our whole series, Why Church? You need to be holding people accountable in your yeah. church. And not in the judgy, don't do that, but in a loving, which we can get into in a minute too, but in a loving, coming alongside manner where because we love somebody, we can talk to what they're doing is wrong. I think, I think a big part of it <clears throat> is this. Um, you know, the Bible talks about you shall know them by their fruit, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you look at a fruit tree, you have to judge what that tree is. Yep. Is it producing? Is it not producing? Um, is it doing what it's supposed to do? If it doesn't, then the caretaker caretaker of the trees does something, so it produces, right? Mm-hmm. So there's that type of judgment, which is not necessarily the negative, where you're pointing out negative moral things, yeah. but it at least brings it to the surface where you recognize something is wrong. Now, uh, the pastoral epistles, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, um, some of other, Paul's other writings, right? Titus. Um, there's there's things in there, and it's also mentioned in First Corinthians chapter twelve, which Paul also wrote. And but there are believers <clears throat> who've been given what I believe is called the gift of discernment, mm-hmm. not judgment, discernment. Now, I believe some. Some people, the Bible talks about you give, you've been given at least one spiritual gift and severally as God wills, right? You might have one or two or more. Yep. There are some people who have the ability to discern greater than others. However, every believer has the ability to discern. How do I know that? Because we have the word. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says what? Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Being able to pierce marrow and joint. Divide between the soul and the spirit. Like it judges, like it's able to 
get in there and and help you discern mm-hmm. or let me put it the other way judge mm-hmm. judge or discern there's a difference in some ways in the, there's a nuance i think yeah and so we're looking at something and we're like mm, yeah i don't think i want to they're doing that so yeah. not necessarily judging them but i'm trying to use discernment and i don't want to i don't want to associate myself with that now as you walk away from that peer group, right? Mm-hmm. Using that as an example, they may look at you and say, you're just judging us. Mm-hmm. Where as believers, the Bible, I believe Apostle Paul, you know, he refers to it many times. We're using wisdom yeah. and discernment. And so in this, uh, Matthew chapter 7 Jesus speaking to the disciples, and of course, there was many Jews that who had gathered who were listening, and I believe some of the religious leaders, they were doing it for the purpose of bringing attention to mm-hmm. those that weren't morally meeting the expectation that they had set. Right. Not necessarily what God had set, but what they thought people should do. In that way, judgment is wrong, Right. However, for believers, there's a certain aspect of the Christian life where you have to use discernment and to judge. Yeah. Not necessarily judge the person because nobody can judge the intent of the heart except for God, right? And so we have to be very, very careful um, how we approach that and not not make people feel as though, um, well, you're not living up to my standard, therefore you can't come to my church. All the while, all the while, we throw slogans out and we sing songs, come as you are, just as I am, great songs but mm-hmm. and great great thoughts. But it, it, I think it sends a different message because we say one thing and yet we do another. And it's no wonder that this is the most quoted verse and the yep. most tattooed verse, probably one of, the, one of the most, that people use because they felt that. Well, you're just judging me. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not really. You're already judged. God is judging you. I don't have to judge you. God is already doing that. That's his job. But we got to be careful as believers that we don't we don't take up the position that does not belong to us. And many times we like to do that. Yeah, and I I think Jesus um what what you began talking about like just kind of not talking to some people or not not bringing it up. I think that's what he's talking about here. Cause he kind of switches gears in seven, eight. Don't give dogs. What is holy. Don't throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample underfoot and turn to attack you. <laughs> and so with discernment, I, I think there also comes discernment on who to preach to. And, and I think that's what he's essentially he's, he's saying. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's saying, Hey, like, there are people that are just going to run you into the ground yes. if you try to tell them about my my story. Tell them about my son. Yep. And even Mark, um, or not Mark, John John the Baptist approached Herod and was able to talk mm-hmm. willingly and openly, and he was open to it. But then he behead, Herod beheads John the Baptist later in that chapter. And so there's a discernment, like don't give it to the pigs, like the the yeah, be the careful. rabid pigs and rabid dogs of Jerusalem. Yeah, I think I I you know so one of the one of I think one of the reasons that this verse is popular is because 
no human wants to think that another human is looking at them in a negative way. Now, I can tell you, there are people who, I don't really care what anybody says, but they'll be the first to quote, you can't judge me. Or you, mm-hmm. they turn around, you see the net tattoo on the back of their neck. Only God can <laughs> Only God judge, can me. judge me. I'm like, well, yeah, that's true too. Yeah. And so we have this, human nature has this propensity to fight against anything and, and go into self-preservation mode, right? So anything, especially in our culture now, mm-hmm. anything that you seem to judge or use discernment in and line it up with scripture, like, and that's that was the issue here. These guys weren't lining it up with Scripture. They were lining up with what they thought. They weren't lining it up with what Jesus was teaching, and that's why he was doing, I think, corrective teaching here in the Beatitudes about moral behavior right? and of the kingdom in particular. And so we we, we have to be very careful um, how we use that. And that, that's been quoted for many years. You know, you can't judge me. Mm-hmm. Only God can judge me. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yes, but I can use yeah. discernment and look at what you're producing. Yeah. Now you can call that judging, and I can decide because of your moral behavior, I don't want to be around you, or yeah. I can't be around you because it's not healthy for me, not healthy for my mind, my heart, my body, the whole thing. Yeah. And so, ah, you're just judging me. Mm. Yes and no. Yeah. I'm not. I'm as you as a person, but I do have to use some wisdom. Especially in the context of someone who's claiming to be a believer. 100%. We just kind of wrapped up like the the Matthew 7 of it, judge not. And the idea yeah. of like it's not our place to judge somebody based um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's not our place to judge somebody the way that Christ would judge them. Correct. But – there is a position for believers to judge, and we were talking kind of a little bit about that discernment. And what I, I was think if we use different words, it makes it soft. Like if we use yeah. wisdom and discernment, yeah, it it has a different connotation, yeah, than judge. Well, I'm supposed <laughs> to judge you as a Christian. Oh, well, hold on. Yeah, yeah. But I think there is some. We are fruit inspectors. Yeah, there's some accountability. There's uh, and he, I was thinking of a proverb about friendship, and this might kind of take on the next part of the conversation is our friendship. But Proverbs 7, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Well, kisses of an Profuse enemy. Or just... are the kisses of an enemy. Yeah. One who is full loathes honey, but to one who is hungry, everything is bittersweet. Like a bird that strays from its nest is a man who strays from his home. Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his counsel. And so the, the kisses... Of an of an enemy, and the wounds of a friend. Let's get into that a little bit. Let's dive into because what is what is a kiss of an enemy? <laughs> so faithful are the wounds of a friend, but in the King James version, it says the kisses of an enemy are deceitful, mm-hmm. right? And so there's another verse that says. Open rebuke is better than secret love, right? Yep. That's right there in five. Yeah. And so understanding that, okay, if we're talking in the context of friend groups, guys, you know what I mean? In our guys' Bible study, we were talking yep. about this last night, which is pretty cool, which is really great. 
It is. It was a very good Bible study. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a great time last night. The ladies had a great time too. I heard. That's what they didn't. Sue won't tell me anything. Yeah, you know, well, it works. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know the the you know the friends. You you've heard the saying. You were known by the company that you keep. Mm-hmm. My mom used to say that to me all the time. And um, what happens is you've heard also, well, guilty by association, <laughs> right? Yep. You've heard all those all those statements. And so I think a true friend, you know, as you as you get into relationship, and many times I I think ladies are just a little bit better and wired differently yep. for this than men are for various and sundry reasons. Yep. But I think as you get into relationship, any true relationship that's worth anything um, means that I'm going to be faithful to you no matter what. If I see something in your life, if you see something in my life, if I see something good, mm-hmm. if I see something ba- bad... And this kind of goes back to the discernment thing too, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and when the Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend, so when you hear that stuff, it's like opening, you know, a knife. Yep. Man, that really cut me deep. You know, you hear that. And the thing of it is, there's there's healing power mm-hmm. in the process of somebody close to you that you know loves and cares about you saying, "Listen, man." You gotta, you gotta get this right. I have guys in my life, some that are here in Michigan, some mm-hmm. that are not, and they'll be quick yep. to call me up and say, "Yo, dude, what did you say on the podcast? On. What's what? up with you? Uh, yeah. What are you guys yeah. doing?" And I think we kind of we touched on this in in Bible study last night, just because we're pastors, and so I think this is a verse that we as pastors wrestle with a lot, yeah, because the idea is we can't. We can't show everybody our true selves because then our job is on the line. It feels that way. Um, and so, like, this verse, the kisses of acquaintances, you know, or the kisses of enemies. Um, and and for pa- I heard a conference uh, a couple weeks ago, and, and for pastors, that's kind of like the good sermon, brother, good job. That was great. Like, the praise and building you up to this superhuman person that you're not. Until and, you say one thing wrong. Until you say the wrong. And then it's... Why would you say that? You know, but so the kisses that happened to me Sunday (laughs) after church. (laughs) I told you guys, but so the kisses, like the the praise and the building you up and making you feel like I'm, but the wounds of a friend that no, you shouldn't be saying that. Nah, I don't think you should be doing that. Yeah, that doesn't. You shouldn't be treating your wife that way. And so, like, I think I think we as pastors struggle with that because again, we we have a hard time exposing our wounds or letting our friends pick our wounds or pick our scabs. That's a gross analogy. This is getting weird. I've always told people, somebody <laughs> said to me Sunday, they asked me about that. And I was like, you know, I, I, I try to be pretty, pretty open mm-hmm. with um, myself, my life, my, you know, things I struggle with and, you know, my, the things that I'm working on. Right. And I said to them, I said, you know, honestly, I ruined my reputation a long time ago. Yeah. And that it just like it, it couldn't get any worse. So, you know, it's like I just decided, you know, 
I can remember my parents always saying to me, just be truthful. Mm-hmm. Just be truthful. If somebody asks you, I can remember when I was in high school, they would say to me, I get called down to the office, J.P. Marr, please come to the office. So I'd go down there and they'd say, J.P., did you do this, 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 and this? And I would look at them and go, yep. yeah, I did. I did set firecrackers off in the back hall of the high school building. Any of my friends that are watching this, I'll be like, yeah, I remember we did that. It was so awesome. It was so fun. Did you guys do that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we did. And, of course, you know, I I was rewarded with three-day suspensions at times yeah. and other various and sundry things that happened to me. But, you know, being open and honest is a good thing, mm-hmm. right? But then you get to that part, the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And the way I understand that is as we choose our friends, like we have to use discernment and how we move forward with our friendships because not everybody has pure motive. Right. So they could be blowing smoke in one one minute and the next minute posting it on social media to use it against you. Mm-hmm. The kisses of an enemy. It all looks good up front, giving you kisses and stuff and accolades, but there's deceit behind it. I'm not saying everybody's like that. They're not. I mean, we all have our issues that we deal with, you know, to, yeah. to try to wrestle through with that stuff. But I think, you know, those things are, you know, we have to use some type of wisdom and some type of discernment. One of the guys said at Bible study last night, last night you know, we were talking about guys getting to know each other and building friendships and relationships and godly relationships. And he says, he said, I can remember saying, that doesn't mean you're going to run out and tell everybody everything mm-hmm. and just expose yourself. Um, that's not wise either. As yeah. a matter of fact, the book of Proverbs also says, blessed is a man who can conceal a matter. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you, you know, what, how do you, and so I think it's wisdom. I think it's um, discernment that the spirit of God gives us, that the word of God shows us. Um, and I think knowing that, is helpful. I mean, Proverbs is the book of wisdom. That's mm-hmm. what it's considered, um, written by Solomon. And so, you know, I think it's important. I think it's important for us to under. Proverbs was written by Solomon. Wasn't it? My brain is. Yeah, it yeah. was. That's <laughs> <laughs> basic Bible. I didn't know. I can remember that. Um, yeah, that should give us some um, encouragement. You know, mm-hmm. like. When you're picking your friends, when you're picking your acquaintances, when you're picking the people that you want to invest in or divulge to, you got to use wisdom. Yeah. Um, and, and you got to be able and, to judge and, and be judged. That's what I was getting ready to say. Like, yeah. part of that is judging. Okay. So, Matthew chapter seven, he yep. goes on, listen to this. Um, right after he talks about judging others, he says this Enter by the narrow gate, verse 13, then the gate is wide. Enter, enter the way, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And many are those who enter by it, for the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And few are those who find it. Beware of the false prophets who come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are raven, ravenous wolves, right? You will know them by their 
fruit. Mm-hmm. You have to use some type of discernment or wisdom or judgment. You're judging something. Is it good? Paul says this, judge the spirits, whether they be good or bad. Like you, you have to use certain type of um, approach yeah. of, okay, is this wise? Is this good? Like, is this, and how do we do that? Come on. We've said it a thousand times. <laughs> you got to stay in the book. Mm-hmm. How do I know? Stay in the book. I just don't have the understanding. Get in the book. Yep. Like the spirit of God will reveal that stuff to you. Not so that you can judge them for their moral failures or successes and compare themselves to what your standards are, but they're judged and discerned, right. and we use wisdom by the Word of God. What does the Word of God want us to... It, you you read it earlier. Stay away from those that do such things. Yeah. If they do this, you probably should stay away from them. Yeah. You know? Why do you think, why do you think Paul says of the leaders in the church... Don't put a man into an eldership too quickly. Why? Because it's dangerous. <laughs> it's dangerous and they have to be proven. Yeah. How do you know if somebody's proven if you don't watch and judge? Mm-hmm. Not in a negative way, but you're measuring the fruit. You're standing back and looking, okay, is there are they are they fruit are they a fruit bearing believer? Yeah. Do we see the fruit of the spirit coming out of them? Love, joy, peace, long suffering. We're going to talk about this on Sunday mm-hmm. about in gray areas. What's the Holy Spirit's role and how does it work in the believer's life? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm already I'm ready for my sermon right now. Yeah. I could preach it right now. I mean, I mean, I'm like already getting worked up just talking <laughs> about it. But the thing of it is, going back to Matthew chapter seven, a lot of that is. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I don't want to hear about the God thing, and some of that, many times is a result of a bad experience either from a believer, a well-meaning yep. believer or a well-meaning church. Yep. And it I don't believe it was their intent, but what was received had a negative impact on that person and so they rest mm-hmm. on I'm not going to be around you cuz you judge people. Mm-hmm. I'm not coming to your church cuz you're judgy. I'm not coming to your church because you know, you're hypocrites. I'm like welcome. Yeah. Come on. Come in. on in. Church of hypocrites. And like, I mean, you know, we have to be careful. We're yeah. all growing in that area. And so, I don't know. It's just one of those And I think ultimately, I um, like I said earlier in, in the first part when we were talking about, about judgment and just like the opposite is reconciliation. And so I think, I think ultimately it all comes back to love. We're bad at loving each other and reconciling. Because, and when you think of even the word love, the word love is violent and not in the I know more than you, so I'm going to write this Facebook status about this side or, or yeah. I'm going to argue back and forth in the comments because I'm right. That's not love. The violent side of love is Jesus on the cross. Yeah. Saying, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so, like, I, I think it, it all ultimately comes back to getting into this and seeing how Jesus lived. And how Jesus loved, yes, and us trying to model that as best we can, and saying, okay, yes, there is biblical judgment in my friendships, and and my friends should be holding me accountable. I should be able to go it's to a any, two-way street. Yeah, I should be able to go to any any one of my friends and say, hey, how are you doing? And they say, fine. And I say, tell me the real answer. <laughs> like Dalton will say that in my office. He'll come sit down. I'm good. Tell me the real answer. You know, like. Yeah, right. So I, I think it ultimately comes back to love and, and realizing that love isn't this warm and fuzzy feel good. It's violent. Real love is violent. 
It's faithful is what it is. And the thing of it is, you know, we talk about love and we talk about producing, you know, Christ's life in us, mm-hmm. right? Here's what we know. Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's in us. The Spirit's in us. And Jesus even said this. Hey, I'm going to, after his resurrection, hey, I'm going to go away from you. And when I go away from you, there's a reason that I need to go away from you because somebody who is greater than I is coming and mm-hmm. he's not going to leave you and he's not going to, he's not, he's always going to be with you. And so we have this ability, we have the ability through the power of the spirit of God, the same power that was held within the resurrection mm-hmm. of Jesus and that he exercised, God raised him from the dead. Jesus gives us the same power through the power of the spirit to produce those things because you look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 24, and you'll find the fruit of the Spirit is love. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God. We're, I'm, I'm giving my sermon away right now. I'm, I'm giving it away. <laughs> yeah. Like These are things that we have to recognize that in and of ourselves, and if you go back to Matthew chapter 7, Jesus mm-hmm. was referring to, you are judging people based on your your um, desires and yeah. likes, and your standard. Jesus is saying, don't do that. If you're going... He's not saying don't ever judge. Right. He's saying judge rightly. Yep. I prefer to couch that in the terms of discernment Discern. and wisdom and how, how should I approach this situation? How should I approach this friendship? How? By walking in the Spirit, He's going to give me discernment. He's going to give me wisdom. He's going to let me show love, even if I disagree. Mm-hmm. Even if we don't get along, and then you th- you talk about something that honors and glorifies God. I mean, like I can't even imagine like when he sees believers doing that, like how much it thrills his right. heart. You know, uh, in in <clears throat> first uh, first or second John, it says, "I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth." Like this is truth. Yeah. Like well, you read you read the Gospels, you read uh, the epistles. Um, and and you realize, man, we have the ability, we have the ability to judge rightly, use discernment rightly, use wisdom rightly, so that others aren't condemned. Mm-hmm. Jesus is talking about judging here that results in condemnation. That is not my job. That's not our job. That's not the church's job. That's God's job. That's reserved for him. Our job is to preach the gospel mm-hmm. and mature believers. Mm-hmm. Read the book. Mm-hmm. It's in here. I didn't write it. I would yeah. say that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write it. I didn't write it. Well, and, it, and it's interesting, like, talking about um, judging our friends and our friends judging us, yeah. kind of it being a two-way street. If you continue in Matthew 7, there's another really famous part, uh, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, Correct. but the one who does the will of my Father... Father who is in heaven. Mm-hmm. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, 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 did we not prophesy in your name and cast out di- demons in your mm-hmm. name? We all do all do many different. mighty works in your yeah. name. And then the Lord will, de- I will declare to them, I never knew you. knew you. Depart from me. And so I think there's this two-way street where we're, I did all the things. I went to church. I said your so name. what the Pharisees were doing, all the things. But did you let your friend know you? Did you let Jesus know you? Did you tell him the real you, the wounds that we were talking about that we as pastors... No, like we would that, rather judge. We, yeah. We would rather hold somebody else accountable. <laughs> accountable for the, yeah, right. Exactly. And so I think it's a dangerous... And that that passage even in itself gets taken out of context where with in ministry and pastors. But 
I think it's dangerous to be the person that takes from your friends. It's a, it's a two way street. Like you got to give and you got to, you got to receive too. Like you You got to take the feedback. So I think about Jesus and and what he did, you know, the world had a sin problem. Mm -hmm. Romans chapter, Romans one through one chapter one through five, just read it and you'll see we had a sin problem. You can look at Genesis chapter two and three Mm -hmm. and understand where that came from through our at, through Adam. And so we have this sin problem. Jesus, or God sends his son Jesus to save us from the result of the sin problem, yeah, which is his death on the cross. He went the ultimate length, ultimate sacrifice, right? So that we could be spared. That's love to me. Mm-hmm. Somebody cares about you enough to put their own self in peril so that you can be spared mm-hmm. from from being condemned. Jesus is called the friend. He's our friend, friend of sinners, right? Mm-hmm. And I would say this, any friend that's worth their salt is not if is uh if they're not willing to sacrifice the friendship to save you from p- peril, mm-hmm. they're not a friend at all. Mm-hmm. I'm re- I have certain friends I rely on them to tell me, "Hey, you're being a knucklehead right now." You're being an idiot. What you said was wrong. Yep. And helping me. Like, that's a true friend. They're willing to sacrifice and and take a risk. Taking a risk like and saying, listen, this is not going to be easy for me. Mm-hmm. And you're not even going to like to hear this. Right. And it really stinks that I have to say it. And I don't even want to say it because I have my own issues to deal with. But what you're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. If you don't have... If you have a friend that it's always telling you that you never do anything wrong, you're always right, it's per- be careful. Be careful. Mm-hmm. Because you may turn around one day and they disappear. Yep. Now, and I'm not saying that there's not genuine friendships. No, I'm not saying that. But friends that are friends, I mean, deep, deep friends, and it's based on some solid ground. Mm-hmm. They should be wor- they should be willing to open some wounds to open some wounds and to accept some wounds. Mm-hmm. That's how we were talking about Jonathan and David last yep. night. It's the same process. It's the same kind of thing where to be able to have somebody say to you, "Man, maybe you could have said that a different way." Because I came across this happens to me all the time, mm-hmm. and that kind of came across uh, pretty harsh. And and I I've kind of gotten used to it. I'm like, well. Oh, you're right. Thanks, man. Thanks for being willing to tell me. Yeah. Because let me just tell you, as you know, as a pastor, there's there's very few that want to tell me things and be nice about it. There's a lot. There's there's more that want to tell me things that really don't care about being nice about it. And you know, you you may not think that happens. It does. We'll let you read some of our comments on social media, right. and you'll you'll know. Um, and and the thing of it is, I'm actually okay with that too. I I'm like, you know what? I'm not beyond any of this, and I know that I have issues, and I know that God wants to continue to refine me. And if we don't have people in our lives to be able to say, "Hey, mm, you probably shouldn't have done that," because mm-hmm. this is what it may communicate. Interestingly enough, let's carry that over to marriage. 
Mm. You know how hard that is to do in marriage? <laughs> it takes a lot of years. It took Sue and I a lot of years to get to the point where she could say to me, hey, babe, I need to talk to you about something because I think it may have come across wrong or you said this wrong. And I do the same for her, and I have to be yep. very, very delicate, very, very delicate mm-hmm. because I don't want to hurt her feelings, but I love her too much for her to be misread when I knew what her, I know what her heart is. Right. But it, and so to be able to take the scalpel and go, hey, babe, yeah. uh, this is going to hurt and bleed a little bit, but I think it's going to be better. And she does the same for me. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, it takes friendship and relationship in a deep way to get, you know, to get to that. So, yeah, no, I think that's. So we got about five minutes. Five so minutes. why don't we wrap up? Okay. Uh, I was just going to read the, the last yeah, proverb to sum kind of all that up. Yeah. Uh, seven, seven, nine, and that same mm. one I read earlier. Oil and perfume makes the heart glad, mm-hmm. but the sweetness of a friend comes from his honest counsel. So, I mean, to say anything today, you need to pick good friends. And, and like the idea of not judging people, there is a biblical standard where we're held to judge people and be Discern is what we said. Was Using kind of wisdom, a, and wisdom and discernment was kind of a a softer blow than judgment. Yeah, yeah. judgment but, uh, sounds very yeah. final. So, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, yeah. We're going to keep talking in our next podcast, probably on some more stuff like this. I, I hope so. <laughs> it was a good one. Um, so, uh, it, wherever you're watching or, or listening, make sure to like, comment, ask us any questions, anything in this book that you want to know about. We want to talk about. Like it, comment, ask us questions. We would love to talk to you. And don't forget, keep Keep your your nose nose in the book. book.